three, two, one. You're on. <laughs> Welcome to the Craft Heads Podcast. This is episode 108. This is the podcast where my best friend Al and I of 20, almost one years. That's a long fucking time, two decades. That was nice. Uh, we have a drink, uh, talk about nothing. Sometimes we have a specific topic and we shoot the shit, tell you about the drinks. Sometimes give love to the local places that provided these drinks. And tonight, Alex... We think we do have a topic, right? We do. First of all, A+. plus. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Second of all, uh, there will definitely be some talking about nothing, but uh, we've teased this on the past two episodes. We're going to talk about some, a weird thing, what I think is something kind of weird, and that's funerals. Yeah. But we'll discuss it. First, let's discuss the drinks that we have, Tommy. So I think I lit a fire in Tommy's heart for Oof. a new thing. Big time. Um, I've, I've actually drunk sherry for a long time, hilariously, all the way back in college. Sherry like, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> roommate uh, Nick Reed and I, we used to drink a ton of Taylor cream sherry. But um, anyways, I wanted to move into other fortified wines just to see what they're like, learn a little bit more. We are craft heads after all. So I got uh, Sandeman, if that's how you pronounce it, Fine Tawny Porto, which, well, Porto, that's, you know, Spanish or Portuguese report. And... That's like the slightly cheaper stuff. And then I got a 375 bottle of some aged 10-year uh, Quinta das Carvalhas, I guess. And uh, something I learned. You see these little things up here, Tommy? Yeah. And everybody, they're, they're like labels or stickles, stickers that are on, stickles. The, on, the, on the bottle. I learned that only, it's sort of like Champagne France and uh, Scotch and, and anything else that has to come from a certain place to be called that. It has to come from portugal in order to actually be port okay. so it's their thing you know i was going to ask you a question and i was going to see if you looked up anything while i'm assuming you got these from tower uh no my new my new jam is total wine because it's closer yeah okay so uh when you were in total wine were you google searching before you picked it out and saw that and that's how you picked it out or what as i was going first of all i don't think they even carried anything that didn't have the labels and uh you know i was i was looking for something not super expensive and i found the sandman i found i want to say it was mid high teens and then the other one was my weakness it was a gift set mm. it was 25 marked down to 20 and again this is only a half size so it must be pretty decent stuff plus it came with two beautiful little port glasses oh yeah nice and these are really fancy, nice port glasses. They, um, they're basically the size of a shot, like two shots, right? Something like that, probably, yeah. But uh, they're, they're real great. And by the way, this isn't something you would want to like get hammered on, or maybe, I don't know, but it's, it's a dessert wine that you drink after a heavy meal. It's all, I could get hammered on this. Uh, well, I agree, I could. I mean, we're going to have some more, too. And it's also great to have with cigars, which mm -hmm. Tommy and I are going to do after this episode. And I just wanted to point out that I do... Do you have a go-to cigar, Tommy? Because I do. Romeo Julietas. Okay, I like... Juliette. I actually used to do those as well. Macanudos. And there's no particular reason other than... I'm partial to Macanudos, and I love... I admit to you, if I smoke an entire long, fat cigar, I especially while I'm drinking... I'm like gone, dude. Yeah, I feel like poop the yeah. next day. Too. Yeah, like I feel amazing for a little bit and then like shit for a while. This is actually kind of interesting because when I, let's say for example, I, I don't smoke cigarettes, but mm -hmm. when I've had cigarettes in my life, you know, like I've had a handful, maybe a couple handful of cigarettes in my life. But if I have one when I'm drunk, it almost takes like the, 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 the sloppy drunk 
out of me. It like brings me back to a normal drug. That and makes it's, sense. It's counterbalancing the depressant with the stimulant. It's a stimulant, yeah. Right? So I like that. I actually, I get why people smoke when they drink. It's just like, it keeps the night going. It keeps you from getting sloppy drunk. It, I get it. I, I think, funny enough, Tommy, I have never, another fun fact, even had a puff of a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Not one. I, I didn't remember that. But cigars, it, and I, Cigarillo kind of has a stigma to it because you think of like the really shitty little things. Mm-hmm. But I like to go for the Macanudo Court. It comes in this beautiful little, uh, I guess it's uh, you know like thin metal, maybe aluminum uh, container. It, yeah, it's so great. I love it. That was like a shout out to the Trivia 2 episode. But um, the the court is it's a little thinner and it's a little shorter. And then if you want to have some fun, uh, there's also the Macanudo uh, Portofino, which is a long, even skinnier one. It's like a big sponge, mm-hmm. and that was what I was smoking in Vegas when I was running the roulette table. So that has a special place in my heart. What's a sponge, Joe? A sponge is the opposite of a chode. It's an extremely long, extremely impossibly thin <laughs> penis. The same way that a chode really shouldn't exist. Are we talking spaghetti string right, yeah, thin? I'm talking spaghetti string. Keep it down. So there's uh, there, there's those two. And then recently, just because my, my father-in-law was in town and he's a, he's a big cigarette smoker, I wanted to be able to smoke with my father-in-law. So I got a 20-pack a of Oyo de Monterey de Jose Gener. That's what I'm going to go with. Or Gener. And they're Excalibur miniatures. So they come in that little container, and we, we took them on the river and we're smoking on July 4th. There's, there's lots of good options out there for people who want to do a little smoking but don't want to go crazy. Because even though you look sweet with those massive stogies, you, you can definitely pay the price. We probably should have shouted out some love about what we did on July 4th. Did we talk about that last episode? That, that will be half this episode. Uh, let's have our sip. Tell me what you think, and then you take it away with that. Okay. Cheers, bro. Ooh, a satisfying clinky. So that's that's the rest of the Sandeman, which Tommy and I really, really enjoy. I am obsessed with this stuff, dude. I'm I, so happy. It, it is... You know what it is? I, I'm a huge wine guy. I don't know if I'm more of a wine guy than you are, but Claire and I drink wine. You drink more. <laughs> Thanks. No, yeah. more wine. Yeah. And um, we have a god-awful amount of wine, like maybe 50 or 60 bottles in the house. Like we're trying to start a wine collection. I always appreciate wine that is a little heavier, more bodied, more sweet. Hmm. Um, I just feel like there's something about the, I mean, this is aged 10 years, right? Or something. That's, Not the Sandeman. But, but the, that's the 10 year. The more it's aged, the sweeter it is, the, totally. more, the heavier alcohol content it is. So I'd like wine with it in bourbon barrel. Like one of my favorite kind of wine is a bourbon barrel aged wine, red. Um, and that's always a little bit sweeter and really, really more my type. This is, uh, the Car- Carvajas 10 years is matured in wood. Ah, so there you go. Okay. There you go. So your your palate was not lying to you. Go ahead and uh, take a sip. So this is the ten year after the Sandeman, and uh, like Tommy was saying, it it actually tastes a little sweeter. And I agree with Tommy. It has more body in the sense that it tastes even more like wine. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is. I, I'm going to say something, and I want oh, you this to, is really good. I want you to tell me if you understand why I'm saying it. Port is the gnocchi of wine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. It's it's like it's still pasta, but almost not really. It's because it, it's so that's heavy. That's not where I was going with it. No, but I, I valiant effort. Um, it's like they call gnocchi's bottom dwellers because they're bottom sinkers. I think because you eat them and you have like ten and you're full from it because they're sure. just heavy, sit on the bottom of your belly. That's what I feel like with port. It just like gets in there and just 
sinks. It tastes amazing, just like gnocchi, but it just sinks to your belly and it just well, it's it's hearty. And the worst thing about gnocchi is you don't stop at ten. You stop <laughs> at thirty. And then it's like, oh, shit, which is probably where we'll be with Port after tonight. And we have those cigars after this episode. Very so, true. Tommy, tell everybody about the incredible July 4th that we had. Right. Um, so we live in Georgia. But one, a really popular thing to do outdoorsy is to what the locals call shooting the hooch or shoot the hooch. And that's where you just hop on the Chattahoochee River with kayak, uh, tubes, paddle boards, whatever you're weapon of choice is yeah. and um you just relax on the water let the tides take you you drink with friends whatever which is in our case that's what we did there's several areas where you can kind of just pull off and you, you know commiserate with everybody but it's it was fantastic just to be in the sun for five five hours i think that's how long yeah it, it was it's crazy. and we only went five miles so i think like you equate one mile to one hour of floating uh, you're going a mile an hour, in other words. <laughs> yeah, so you're so that's um, sometimes you're going faster though. Yeah, there's a couple of little mini rapids too, and I we mean, stopped. Yeah, we stopped times. for a while yeah. at one point to sh- jump off some rocks. Yeah. Um, another one of my favorite pastimes. If I see a rock on the side of a river with deep enough water, you can bet your ass I'm going to jump off. Yeah, of you it. said you're going to, and whenever Tommy initially he went by himself, and I was like, oh, I'm not letting him go by himself, and James and I joined him too. It was great. And uh, we got up to the, there was two jumping off points. There was like a 30-foot jump, and there was probably a 40-foot jump. Maybe a 20 and 30. That's yeah, probably more like 20 and 30. Sure. Um, we went straight to the 31, and uh, I told out that I was going to backflip off of it. And then right, and, and I started getting a little bit of the butterflies. I, I've done this quite a bit, so I'm not too scared. But I was just like, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't have said that I was going to backflip. But then Alex looked at me, and we did our patented Al Spitta yes. handshake. Which I wish we could show the air. I know, right? Um, and uh, then you just said, as soon as this handshake's done, you have to jump. And we did it. And, went, and I went, okay. And I didn't even count to three. Back flipped off, which I, I don't think I've ever done a backflip from that height before. Yeah, that was pretty but ballsy. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, it was freaking awesome. And we got hammered. We, we were quite inebriated the entire time on the river. Uh, I had... Uh, a few splotchy burns like i was good for the most part with sunburn but there were a couple spots like near my ankle and on my thigh because you know you're sitting with your legs spread in the kayak with your legs over and they ride up oh my god i got burnt to a crisp in like two spots but the rest of me was all right and i wore my bucket hat so that's another classic move um we have talked about on this podcast a few times going to helen and tubing down the helen river which is also the chattahoochee also the chattahoochee which you not we called my bluff on that yeah, earlier. Not um, nearly as wide or as deep, though. Right, that's where I was going to go. The Helen River is is maybe like a foot in like the deepest parts, maybe two feet. Yeah, at the very <laughs> end, there's like a pocket that you can get in up to your shoulders. Yeah, yeah so, uh, but the Chattahoochee is obviously where we went in, which is much more in the deeper, thicker part of it. Um, and that's like, you know, you can sink down 20 feet before yeah. you hit the bottom. I really liked Helen, and I always enjoyed going there, but... I'll never go back there for the river part. Like, mm-hmm. if I want to go up for Oktoberfest and get the German Hefeweizens and everything else, yeah, sure. But holy shit, especially considering now where we get in to the Chattahoochee, it's like 10 minutes from where we live. So And we can do it for free if you get tubes. Exactly. Yeah, Tommy and I are going to invest in some kayaks. They already got tubes, uh, he and Claire. So it's it's just legendary. So some of our, I know we have some Atlanta listeners. I'm assuming that they've probably done it before. But if you haven't, got get your ass over there because, my God, is it so much fun. 
quick shout out before we move on to the topic of choice today. Um, I want to shout out to the show on Netflix, Down to Earth, with Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. For all you lady listeners out there, it's uh, Zac's a very handsome man. I'm a I'm I'm an attractive man to Zac Efron, the man. Um, <laughs> what? I, yeah, I couldn't get it. You're out. attracted to Zac Efron. Yes, okay. I, I would take it in the butt from him. Oof. Um, I, what? Whoa, where did that come from? I don't know. Um, Proctology. <laughs> it's just quick love to it. It's he is. It's a travel show. Where he goes around and talks about how shitty America is and how every other European country is doing it right. I've only I'm only two episodes in, but really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of like it's annoying. First of all, I I would likely agree with him, but he's like, oh, I have all this money and I go out of these countries all over, and you plebeian Americans are living like shit. And it's like, yeah, well, we don't have the money, you have, so. <laughs> but but we would do what he did if we yeah, had the money. One hundred percent, we would. I know I would. But uh, funerals are weird. Oh, okay. So hard transition. <laughs> we'll we'll just dive right into it and. Uh, I'm not saying they're like bad or anything like that. They just are weird. And the re- it came up in conversation because James, Tara, and I were watching Eastbound and Down, amazing show. I think we mentioned it last episode. And there's a, well, like every other scene in that show, a cringeworthy moment where they're at a funeral and, you know, Kenny's being inappropriate and everything else. And I realized, I think it was Tara. I hope I'm not getting my facts crossed. I don't think she's ever been to an open casket funeral and she's been to her fair share of funerals a handful say i've been to at least a dozen funerals maybe two dozen like i feel like i went to a lot as a kid and i don't remember ever being to a closed casket funeral i'm with you does tara like only know gangsters who've been (laughs) shot up (laughs) look what they did to my boy (laughs) exactly like and I wonder if maybe it was like a, a strange regional thing or maybe just a family thing. And, you know, of course, mine were anywhere from, in some terrible cases, family to, you know, people maybe from school or just grandparents or whatever. So it was like, it wasn't a family thing. I just, I can't think of anything else other than region. And I was curious for the listeners and for you also, I wanted to ask you on the air, if you've, if you've skewed one way or the other. Uh, all of mine have been open. I haven't been to many. Uh, th- Cross my fingers, whatever, to sure. knock on wood. Um, I haven't been to many, but everyone I've been to has been open casket. And it almost makes me wonder why even have the funeral if it's going to be a closed casket. Like, I get I get right. like the c- congregation of the people, but just go to a wake. You don't have to have a exactly. funeral. Yeah, it, it, that's, and by the way, a remembrance. I'm totally not shitting on people who do this or, or funerals in general. But that's, I was raising some of the exact same questions. And I was like, it's just... Our relationship with death, probably especially Americans, mm-hmm. is a lot weirder than other cultures. Like, you know, we we treat it like a taboo subject. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's like, it's the most, it's the most natural, it's the most absolute thing there is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If, if there's nothing else that's real and true, it's death. And mm-hmm. it's, I think it's very strange that I think a lot of people... We, we need closure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And for some reason, seeing that body or whatever, you know, closing the casket, putting it in the ground and all that. But then that leads me to another question. Do you want to be buried or cremated? Um, I want to be buried. Really? Yeah. How I come? Think so. And I'm, just how come? You know? I think that... Um, I think that I want to be buried just in case they can reanimate my body. Okay. And bring me back to life. Interesting. 
just in case. I'm not saying that. I, like, I wouldn't. I'd probably like put a stipulation in my will. Like, don't bring me back if I'm if you're only gonna, if I'm going to be in bad shape. Sure. But like, if you could bring me back healthy and a fresh body. Yeah. Like, take my brain. Yeah. You know, like put it, throw me. Yeah. It's, I, I wasn't even thinking that way, but that's even awesome. Like, right. Take my wise brain, put it in a 20 year old body when I'm after I died when I was nine. Okay, man. We could talk so much. This is awesome. Okay, so first of all, real quick, uh, right now at this point in my life, and I have been for a while, I'm a big cremation guy. Okay. I'm one of those guys, like, I don't want to take up space in the earth, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I also, I like the idea, it's very Final Fantasy Seven to, like, be part of the earth, like, be the live stream of the earth. Like, well, I, I want to be in somebody's drinking water 60 years from now. Why can't you be buried not in a... Well, I don't want to die that soon. Not in a <laughs> casket. Because then, you, then you'd be even better fertilizer for the earth. Yeah, that's true. Literally just throw me in a ditch. Like, yeah. all kidding aside, is, as long as you're not doing it disrespectfully, I don't care what you do with my body because I'm dead. Yeah. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a very weird thing. So here's, here's a good question, though. You're thinking about possibilities with coming back, whatever. Do you know much about cryonics? And are you... Would you be interested in doing something like that? I, I'm no, I don't know anything about cryonics, and I'm assuming this is like uh, saving your data in your brain or something. Well, literally freezing. Uh-huh. Okay. okay, so perfect. I will send you, and I'll put a link in the episode. Uh, we've I've mentioned this a couple times. There's that blog called Wait But Why, mm-hmm. and several years ago, at least maybe more, Tim Urban did a really deep dive on cryonics. Not to be confused with cryogenics. By the way, mm-hmm. they're used interchangeably. I was actually going to ask if it was cryogenics. Cryogenics is the study of extremely cold temperatures and things related to that. Whereas cryonics is specifically that that practice of freezing with the possibility of reanimation and those sort of things. So there there are services that do that today. They literally you pay an exorbitant sum of money. You get like a wristband that you have to have on you at all times. That way, no matter who finds you, they go ahead and they're like, oh my God, we got we to gotta get this guy to whatever, you know, get him on ice. And then they, they literally, and this is wording it crudely, they, they, fill your, they drain your body and fill you with antifreeze, mm-hmm. basically. Okay. And there are different ways you can do it. You can do like whole head, just brain, or whole body. Like, and it, there's different, you know, but... They freeze you. Wait, so you could eventually, if you wanted to, if you did like just brain and you wanted to come back just head or whatever, you could be like a head from Futurama? Well, yeah, and you're sort first of all, nobody knows what's possible, but yeah. you're basically hedging your bets. Like, especially if, like, let's just say they, uh, you are, you have terminal cancer mm-hmm. and it's somewhere and it's localized with one organ or something and it leads to, to heart or I'm sorry, you know, your organ shutting down or even if you just die from a heart attack or whatever. And it's just that one thing that needed fixed. Like maybe there's a possibility in the future that they can somehow reanimate you and they can pop your body on or your head on another body or your, take out your brain, whatever, et cetera. Or like with the, in the example of cancer, as soon as you die, they freeze you, and then ten years later, there's a cure for cancer. They thaw you out, whatever. I don't know. You know, there's. Sure. There, I, I've, I mean, I know this is a, a theory of thought, yeah. a school of thought. But you'd be interested in that, maybe. It sounds like maybe, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can. Uh, this is a question that I probably should have looked up because it's going to make me sound dumb. But no. there's no such thing as a bl- a brain transplant. Right? Not yet. Not yet. Because no. once you cut off the stem, you're like, there's no way to reattach it properly, right? Nobody's figured it out yet. Okay. There, I remember there was, I think there was some weird Italian neurosurgeon who was going to attempt it. And I think that was going to happen like a couple years ago. And I don't think it ever went through, but I think they've done it with some animals or something like that. And, but they don't, they don't live very long. 
I certainly think it's possible. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think we'll figure it out, actually. But uh, Yeah, that's something that's probably right around the corner. And... In my th- idea, my that, opinion. That leads to another wait-but-why topic that is my favorite of all time, and it's what makes you, you. Because it, it's like the philosoph- philosophical question of, like, is it your brain? Is it your soul? Is mm-hmm. it your body? Is it mm-hmm. a combination? And you can get into all kinds of really great arguments about it. But um, That would include- be really cool if we found out that, it w- that like, putting a, your brain in another body changed your, like, who, like, you woke up and, like, you had all the the nose of like who I used to be, but you don't feel sure like that person. I, I know you obviously won't feel that way cause you'll be in a different body and feel like the way you feel is like directly tied to your body. But as well, to your point, maybe memories is directly <laughs> tied to the new bodies. And yeah. then you start feeling differently. I don't, there's, you could go so deep with all of that stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, it's really, it's really fascinating stuff. I'll include links to both of those, but yeah, we went from funerals to cremation or burial to, um, cryonics and what makes you you. So th- these are all definitely related. Um, what are some other just general musings you have on the topics? On a down note, yeah. um, when my friend Tim died, that we talked about a few times on the podcast, um, he uh, was an organ donor, mm-hmm. and um, since that moment, um, when we kind of during his death. And the end of his days, we felt like the doctors weren't as excited about keeping him alive because he was a very healthy 27, 28-year-old man Ooh, with very good organs. So, I don't like, want to think about that. Right. That, that, this is a big thing with the family is like everybody took their names off of organ donating because of the way that the doctors kind of like treated the whole, hey, we... Like, do you guys really want to keep him alive anymore? He could be useful for somebody else, and he's not coming back. But if he was an organ donor, maybe they were like, "Yeah, I mean, he has a twenty percent chance. We'll give, we'll, we'll do everything we can. Ten percent chance. We'll do everything we can." That's a good point. And he, and he was an organ donor. He That's was. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god, I've never even thought about something like that. That makes so, me sick just to think about. Do you have organ donor? Are you an organ donor? Uh, I, I think so. But that's because, and that's a shame because. That's like if I get into a car accident and my fucking head gets cut off. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want people to be able to use me. But, yeah, that's a really freaky gray area. Because there's, like, black markets and shit. And there's probably doctors that participate in it. There has to be. They they can pretty much bring anybody back to life. It's whether they're going to bring you out of the coma. Well, yeah. And, and see, and that's another really, really weird thing, um, I guess, to, to err on the side of science and say that the doctor's hopefully and probably knew what they were talking about a big part of that uh cryonics post is about the the difference between physical death which is when your heart stops beating Mm -hmm. and brain death right which oh god don't quote me i want to say it's seriously like five or six minutes without oxygen or something like that and the point is like if you have if you or maybe it's six hours i don't know you get my point if you experience physical death you're done there's no way to get you back you're dead but they hurry up and get you on ice. That's their logic is that at some point they have, they literally have your data in your inf because your brain's a computer. Yeah. And if they can ever jumpstart it one day, that's fine. If you experience brain death, like let's say you die in your home and somebody doesn't discover you for two days, the cryonics company doesn't even freeze you because mm-hmm. they're like, you've, ex- you've went through brain death. Like you're literally just trash. Now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that was actually probably the coolest thing I read in that whole cryonics post was, the different stages of death and 
what could or could not be theoretically reversed yeah. or rebooted. Oh boy. Um, heavy. Yeah, it is. And, but it's all really cool stuff. And I, I don't know why this brought me to think about this. There's two movies I have to relate to everything. Yeah. Um, I just watched not for the first time, but I thought it was the first time when I started watching it until I realized, Oh, I've definitely seen this movie was a uh, John Q. I saw that years ago. Denzel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. It was really good. Um, and that that's uh, all about kind of an organ donor. His son's sick, and he needs to get his son on a transplant list and holds up a hospital hostage. But yeah. um, that's the story. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Denzel, you will love it. Yeah, it's Denzel, um, so it's good. And the other thing that I watched for the first time that I just told you about, and you were really excited, and there was another movie you told me I needed to watch because I t- said this to you. Okay. Total Recall. Yes, and, and Tommy's talking about the Schwarzenegger one from... 1990? Yep. Yeah. 1990? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You awesome. thought it was an 80s movie. Remember, I was like, it's 1990. <laughs> oh, really? And I, I did that recently, too, with Tombstone. I was thinking it was maybe late 80s, and it's 1993. But Total Recall, and then what else would I have told you? To you were watch? like, oh, you have to watch this one. And I was like, ooh, I'm really interested. I bet Tara would remember Elephant you, Brain. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, I'm the Elephant Brain, too. I'm shitting, my, I'm shitting the bed here. I said, I said I used to have nightmares because of it. You used to have nightmares because of Total Recall. I because I I hadn't seen it, but I remember I saw like the first five minutes of it, and uh, I ha- I went up to bed because I got terrified. My parents were like, "Oh, you want to watch this movie with us?" You know, when I was young. Yeah. Um. And uh, in the very beginning of the movie, it starts out with Arnold Schwarzenegger on Mars, and he's like walking with his girlfriend or whatever, trips, falls down like a hill, cracks his face mask on a rock. And he's depressurized. He's depressurized and it is crazy. Like his face, his eyes start bulging out. His tongue starts blowing up, which by the way, they've referenced that like bulging eye, crazy looking face several times throughout the movie. Oh yeah. And it used to give me straight up nightmares when I was young. Yeah, I could, I had movies like that as a kid, but Tara couldn't come up with it. Uh, was it, did I, did we talk about this just a couple days ago? Yeah. Whenever we were hanging out? Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. Was it a sci-fi? Yeah, I, I think for sure. And, and you said something, and I was like, oh, that sounds so up my alley. I definitely got to watch that now. I can't remember. <sighs> well, we'll prob- we will probably remember by the time that I produce and post this. So I'll put a note in okay. the episode if I can think of it. But like the only thing I can think of maybe is something like Blade Runner. But I don't think I would have... Like really pushed that on you, and and it wasn't that movie called The Endless that Tara and I were talking about because that was like around the time of the um, the second wedding tasting or reception tasting. That was a while ago. So I don't think so. It was definitely when I mentioned Total Recall. Well, we were really drunk the other night. Yeah, like real drunk. Yeah, Tommy and I were drinking Old Forester, which is a hundred and fourteen proof bourbon, and <laughs> it was amazing. One hundred fifteen proof. Yes, fifty seven point five. Yes. I told Claire I was getting drunk that night, and by golly, yeah, we did it. So, oh, we have a surprise for you, by the way. You guys have a surprise for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it'll come in, but we we have a surprise for you. I love you. I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> See. You.